Miracy. I feel like people got a very distilled, actionable course that might not have been created in the same way if I were doing 15-minute modules, which is pretty much what I'd always done before. Hello, and welcome to Course Lab, the show that teaches course creators like you how to make better online courses. I'm Danny Eney, founder and CEO at Miracy, and I'm here with my co-host, Abe Crystal, the co-founder of Rizuku. In each episode, we showcase a course and course creator who is doing something really interesting with their course. Our guest today is Gail Van Gils. Gail is a mindfulness teacher, leadership consultant, life coach, and award-winning author with over three decades of experience teaching transformational work. Gail, welcome to Course Lab. Thank you so much, Danny. It's an honor to be here. So I'd love to hear just, first of all, you know, who are you? What do you do? How did you come to be doing it? Tell us your story. Well, it's a really long and winding story in a way. Um, I, I guess one of my lines is that I've lived long enough to be doing what I'm doing because the parts of me have all come together. So from a fairly young age, I was most interested in just basically how could you be the best of being human? That was the question on my mind as a child, which is a somewhat strange question. So I found myself investigating religions, and quite early on, I became a practitioner of meditation through the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. I have a psychology undergraduate degree and an MBA, and I've been doing this work with people, with the psychological side of people in organizations and with their personal development, both in the business world and as a spiritual teacher outside the business world for you know, all of my adult life. So what basically began to happen was that those of us who had been teaching courses in mindfulness realized that this was something that was becoming more accepted in the business world. And I discovered particularly that at Google, where they were doing the search inside yourself uh, program, that that it was a really good fit with what I was doing. So I became one of the first certified teachers in that methodology, which teaches leadership skills through mindfulness and emotional intelligence that was became so popular at Google that then other companies wanted it and they trained a few of us to be certified to teach that. I also worked on, um, an, on one of the earliest online companies that was trying to create an environment for course builders. It was called Alive World, and it was out of New Zealand. Very cool. So tell us about how that exploration turned into the online course that you are delivering today. So that's actually kind of magical because I've been delivering courses, creating courses, coaching, training, doing all that for so long. And this course is called Smart Tips Wellness, but I never defined myself as a wellness expert. Now I guess that would be probably a good title for myself. But on the web, I guess I have a pretty big profile because I've done so much. And on LinkedIn, the people from Udemy for Business, which is a back end of Udemy that I wasn't aware of, we're probably all familiar with the front end of thousands, tens of thousands or more of courses that are fairly low cost on the front end of Udemy. So I had not considered putting my work there because I thought that 
they were just being sold for too small of a, an amount. But it turns out that Udemy has customers that are a B2B side. So the business customers were asking for this course on wellness, especially during this COVID epidemic. So I guess that the people that were looking for what they thought wellness was looked at what my background was in, in mindfulness, compassion, emotional intelligence, et cetera, and said, well, let's, let's invite Gail to propose a course. So I did. Very cool. And how I know that self-awareness is a big part of what you teach. How does self-awareness tie into this course? I infused awareness into every aspect of wellness. So I think I talk about emotional wellness, mental wellness, physical wellness, financial wellness, interpersonal relationships, you know, on and on. I think there are seven or eight different categories in which developing awareness of where you are now, where you want to be, and then making a plan to get there is how you can change and become well in all areas of life. Very cool. So tell us about the architecture of the course. You know, if I sign up for it, what do I find? How long is it? Um, how many other people have signed up for it? Like, tell us about the, the course in, in terms of the results it's had and the architecture that made it happen. Well, that's pretty exciting. So first of all, the architecture of the course is a little bit unique because the smart tips format, each component, each sort of module, you might say, is only from two to five minutes long. So they're little bite-sized pieces that have content, a practice, a chance to follow along. I created a workbook. So you have you know work you can do while following that course. So you get to actually experience it, practice it, and implement it all during that you know small module. So you can pick and choose what it is you're looking for when you're looking for it. Although I will say most people go through 100% of the course because I can see all the statistics. So most people do look at it all or follow it all. I get numbers of how much of the course that people watch on any given day. So uh, many, many of the days that I look in that day, people go through 100% of the course all at once, which is three hours. That's really cool. One of the things that interested me was you decided to take, um, it sounds like a pretty broad scope, like it covers many different topics, almost like a library. And I like the, I think it'd be interesting to discuss like how that, that's almost a, a contrarian approach or um, counter to conventional wisdom. So like commonly we would advise people when designing a course to make sure it's laser focused and like narrow down your topic and then narrow down some more. So it's really, really um, as specific as possible and you're not trying to teach too much. And instead, if I'm understanding correctly, you kind of decided to go uh, broad and help people with a, a wide range of things in a single course. So how did you decide to do that? And, and what have been the advantages and, and the trade-offs of going kind of broad and wide as opposed to very narrow and deep? Well, that's a great question, Abe, because I'm with you. I mean, I, I normally would not have tried to cover so much in a course. The great, wonderful, magical thing that I mentioned happened to me was this came to me as a request. So basically, Udemy knew what their clients wanted. Their clients were asking for this broad spectrum well-being wellness course because people were suffering. 
and they couldn't pinpoint exactly what people were suffering with. So I created this outline and said, which parts of this are, do you need? And they said, no, we want all of that. So I, I mean, I think the answer is that it was meeting a need rather than me trying to figure out a, a small topic that I, I believe people need is that they needed all of it. It's been pretty phenomenal. I think just as when I, I looked right before our call, I was at 4,150 people. And these people are from all over the world. I think there's over 75 or 80 countries represented. Uh, the most people are from the United States, then comes India, then comes Poland. I mean, who would have ever thought I'd reach people in Poland? But they're the number three or four um, country on my list. So the, I think the answer might be that people have different needs wherever they are, but they're similar enough that all these needs are human needs. And what have you, you know, learned from feedback or, or questions that you've had from students in terms of how that approach has benefited them? Well, basically, when people, I mean, I get ratings and I also, they have the option to leave comments. When they leave comments, they say, this is amazing. This has helped me in all areas of my life. I wish I had known this 10 years ago. I wish I had, you know, someone taught this to me earlier, that kind of thing. That's one of the things that is so great for me is because my content really addresses even, you know, sort of the business environment and, and how to do meetings and how to, you know, get exercise at your chair, everything that, because I know that this is for people in businesses, but for me to try to reach these people personally, it would have been almost impossible, you know, to advertise and reach them. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I don't know, Danny, was there anything else you wanted to drill into? Sorry, I was just scribbling notes for the debrief. <laughs> There's so much great stuff here. Um, I don't think so. I think we covered everything that I have in my notes. Um, Gail, is there anything about the architecture design of the course that, that you really want to make sure we cover? Well, I do think that the small, small bite-sized pieces is very appealing to people. By doing two to five minutes, I really learned to be quite succinct in what I was saying. So I, mean, I really had to drill down to the core of the message. And then I drilled that even further to put it in the workbook for them. So I feel like people got a very distilled, um, actionable course that might not have been um, created in the same way if I were doing 15-minute modules, which is pretty much what I'd always done before. That's really interesting. Very, very cool. Abe, do you want to do the readout? Gail Van Gils is a mindfulness teacher, leadership consultant, life coach, and award-winning author with over three decades of experience teaching transformational work. You can find her at transformyourculture.com. That's transform yourculture.com. Now stick around for my favorite part of the show, where Abe and I will pull out the very best insights and practical takeaways for you to take and apply to your own course. So Abe, let's debrief. What jumped out to you from our conversation with Gail? Yes, I think the theme here for me was 
tied into the idea of thinking from first principles rather than just kind of following sort of standard advice or, or templates. So I mentioned this in the interview that advice we you know commonly give to people who are creating courses online is don't try and do too much, right? Don't stretch yourself too thin by trying to cover a million different topics in one course. For one thing, it'll be a ton of work to create and may even get bogged down building the course and never get it done. But it's also going to be more difficult to market, right? The, the easiest courses to market are the ones that have a very, very specific kind of promise that you can make to new customers or, or a clear problem that you can solve for people. And Gail did the opposite of that advice and was incredibly successful. So it's, it's worth like unpacking and discussing a bit like, why did this work for her and, and you know what does it mean? So her course it covers this broad range of, of topics around health and wellness and mindfulness. It provides kind of short tips, not really in-depth curriculum on each one. And people love it. So I think the reason it worked in this context is because she didn't actually have a marketing challenge. Udemy came to her with an audience for this course already and just wanted her content to fit a, a known need, um, which is really cool and, and pretty unusual, right? Like not many people are in that situation. Um, but it's understanding that context helps understand why she was able to take a different approach than the, the quote unquote conventional wisdom. And then the sort of meta takeaway about that is that it's not that the conventional wisdom is wrong, that I think it's still the right advice in most situations to narrow down your course topic. But it's always worth reflecting on, hey, does my situation context match the, you know, what the conventional wisdom is intended to address? Or do I need to step back and, and think about this from a different perspective to find the right solution? Yeah, I think that's very on point. I think it's also worth kind of emphasizing that yeah, it, it would be easy for someone to listen to this and be like, oh, well, Udemy came to her and said, you know, why don't you put your course on our platform? Basically, she got this opportunity on a silver platter. But actually, she spent decades putting herself where the opportunity could find her by publishing broadly, widely, and deeply. And so, you know, the more work you do, the more content you create, the higher profile you have, the more these opportunities will tend to gravitate to you. And then she did very well with it. I thought the metric that she shared that essentially if someone starts watching the content, even though it's these snackable two to five minute videos on a very diverse range of topics. So that would really lend itself to kind of buffet style. I'll, I'll watch the videos on this topic and then the videos on that topic. What she's found with her data based on the execution, the quality of what she's provided is that once people get in, they're essentially binging on it. They're they're going through all three hours of content. That's kind of a lot in the same day. So there is something to the fact of she had a unique opportunity presented to her, but there's also a lot to be taken away here from the fact that we're all presented with opportunities all the time. And we sometimes do more or less to facilitate the gravitation of those opportunities to us. We also sometimes do more or less to capitalize on those opportunities. And that's the big takeaway for me hearing Gail's story. Right. I mean, this, this was yet another overnight success that was was 30 years in the making, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, it is also interesting to, to think about 
why was her course sort of binge-worthy in essence, right? Why did she see people going from video one to video two to video three with such engagement? And the lesson there potentially, you know, for people listening is there's, there's a lot you can do to just make your course more consumable, right? Clearly, these are not, you know, just sort of dry, you know, very formulaic videos that she's created or people would not be so engaged with them. So th- there's something she's doing in terms of um, her energy, right, to make sure it was it was high and compelling for people. Um, there's, you know, something she's doing in terms of the language she's using and how she's communicating to people that is continuing to draw them in video after video. So that could be a, you know, a good challenge to consider as well as how can I make my course more binge-worthy, essentially? That was great. I don't, I don't have any other notes. Do you? No, this one was, was pretty focused, so I think we're good. Thank you for listening to Course Lab. I'm Abe Crystal, co-founder of Rizuku, here with Danny Eaney, CEO and founder of Mercy. This episode of Course Lab was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Missy Lance assembled the episode. Danny Eaney is our executive producer. Big thanks to Gail Van Gills for taking the time to share her passion about her course, you can find her at transformyourculture.com. That's transformyourculture.com. Don't forget to tune into Mercy's podcast, Making It. In each episode, a successful entrepreneur will share what making it means to them and what they've learned along the way. Make sure you don't miss the really great episodes coming up on Course Lab. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. We're not recording anymore, right? Because I was told. And we not- are, but oh, know. we are. Okay. Well, I'm just going to tell you because I was told not to talk all about you. <laughs> but really, Danny. I mean, so I've been around since Firepole Marketing. <laughs> so well, that was a long time ago. I'm, I, I'm very I, flattered. All right. Are you ready? Wait. What's my cue? It's a behind-the-scenes kind of thing. Hello, and welcome to Just Between Coaches, the podcast that tackles difficult coaching conversations head on. I'm Melinda Cohen, and your host for this show. I also know that I'm listening when, again, my mind is relaxed. So I can almost sense that I'm listening on multiple levels. That's a great frame. That's a, that's a really great way to think about it. Um, I think so, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because I think that something that is very dangerous is for people to think that being a great coach comes from having the credentials. One has nothing to do with the other. So again, part of it is just, you know, either through questions or asking what they've tried, or sometimes it's, you know, the forest for the trees thing. My favorite part of having the hard conversation is... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so while I love what's on the other side, I think navigating through that conversation is my favorite part. Yeah, because we're not there necessarily as coaches to provide solutions. We're there to guide our people towards solutions. And I don't know if it's, you know, societal pressure or peer pressure, but we don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing. 
I want to help and support coaches so that they can evolve into their greatness. My desire for the show is if I could scoop up all of the coaches and bring them into my living room and bring up the topics that leave crinkles in our forehead so that we can fully understand what it means to show up in our greatness, fully confident so that we can build better businesses, so that we can be better coaches, so that we can make a lasting impact on this world collectively. And we want to rise to that level. That being said, you do want to set yourself up and your clients up for success by making sure that there is clarity around their expectations and your expectations as to how you can help them. People have to know a little bit about what you offer. Otherwise, how do they know that they need what you can help them with in terms of that transformation? And I love having the conversations and navigating the topics that keep us at the forefront in a time with what I call the results revolution. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to start by saying that this is a really good problem to have, right? So if you have someone who's resisting your price, it means they're really interested in working with you. The thing is, sometimes it becomes negative. It becomes toxic. I've been in the coaching industry for almost 20 years now. And over these years, I have seen everything behind the scenes in our industry, everything that works, everything that doesn't work. I've seen the evolution of our industry and of what it means to be a coach. I just want to say to all the coaches out there, you know, matching who you are to the kind of coach that you want to be is just a practice. Do you want to add some parting words? No, I think you did great. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This is Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, this is absolutely the tone, the feel, the everything. Okay, so I'm going to stop the recording now. Why are you stopping the recording? This is going to be fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a wrap. That is going to be an amazing session.